What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Friday, the 13th of July, 2012. Um, you guys are listening to episode number 69, and uh, I am sitting here uh, once again on the road and once again in San Antonio, Texas. I was here last month in June. Um, at the other club, same owners, different club at the River Center, and uh, this week I am at the newer club across town, more for the local people here in San Antonio, great comedy club, I love this club, um, really smart crowds, having an awesome time so far, um, the Laugh Out Loud Comedy Club, if you're around town, come out, we're having a great time here, and um, it was an adventure to get out here, I will get into all of that shit, um, and I got plenty to talk about on this episode. Uh, I have a movie to review. I saw Oliver Stone's new movie, Savages. I also um, have a lot to talk about, you know, talk about some stuff in sports. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. This will be a, uh, a typical but packed and filled with all the shit you like about the Verzi effect. Uh get an unacceptable in here this time. I know I'm not always doing unacceptables, but I don't want to say everything pisses me off all the time, so it's going to be something that really fucking has to get me. But I got an unacceptable uh, this week, and we will we will go from here. I have to say that um, I had a great time here on um, Wednesday night, the first show, and then last, last night, Thursday, was even better than Wednesday. There were more people, and... This has been an amazing just trip because I'm I'm not drinking. I'm using this time to relax. I've been exhausted. The two kids, so much stuff going on, busy as hell. So I'm literally going to the club, coming to my beautiful hotel, and just sl- sleeping on a king-size bed, and it's been amazing. But I had an adventure getting here, which I will share with you guys. Um, pretty interesting, annoying, and and scary all at the same time. So I had to be out here Wednesday night, first show Wednesday at 8 o'clock here in San Antonio. And what happened was I did the Priceline thing, okay? I did the Priceline, you know, negotiating a price or whatever, and I get the price I want, but I don't get the time I want. They had me coming into San Antonio at 11.30 at night, which obviously doesn't work for an 8 o'clock show. Now, for you people that don't know Priceline, Priceline, you can negotiate your own price if prices are like high everywhere else, and then they'll come back and they'll say, yeah, they'll either match it or you may have to pay a little more, but you usually get a good deal and save a lot of money. You could save up to 50%. It's amazing. But they don't guarantee the time. They guarantee like a 12-hour window, but they guarantee that you'll be where you need to be the next day by 12 o'clock. But I took a gamble. I got a nonstop flight. I got the wrong time. Didn't work for me. So I called up the uh, I called up Priceline, I called up Delta, and Delta was like, no big deal, all you got to do is three hours prior to a flight, uh, just tell us you want to change it, and as long as there's room, you got to just charge 50 bucks, so I'm like, okay, with the Priceline deal and an extra 50 bucks, I'll still be getting the flight for less than I would have got it if I booked it somewhere else, and I'll be able to get the flight that I want. Um, unfortunately with that, I would have to have a connecting flight, which I hate, but I would do it for this particular situation. So I wait till a day before and I call up just to verify that I can do this. And they say, yep, just call up tomorrow, three hours before the flight. 
and we'll get you on something or, you know, or, or come here. So I call up in the morning, the morning of. Now, here's what happened the night before. My son Lucas is up with 104 fever. 100 and, 103, 104 fever. We're putting him in the tub. I'm getting no sleep, and I got to be up at 6 o'clock in the morning, and we're up with him at 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm getting no sleep, and I got to fly somewhere with a layover. It's going to be a miserable day. So I call up, and Delta goes, oh, I'm sorry. We can't do this for you. You booked with Priceline. And I go, what are you talking about? You people told me twice. Two representatives told me twice. I got to be there today. Oh, no, you know, with, with the Priceline, we really can't adjust anything. We thought it was just a flight you booked with us. I said, no, I told the lady it was Priceline, and they told me I could do it. So they're like, no, I'm sorry. So lucky, I almost got in a car service at 6 o'clock in the morning to get to JFK at 7 in the morning and then go and bought a ticket for a 10 o'clock flight. They're telling me, no, I can't do it. Then I call up, and I'm really pissed off. I want to talk to a supervisor, and I find out the 10 o'clock flight I wanted to get on is now sold out. So now I have one window to get to San Antonio on time to make the Wednesday night show, okay? And, and I already... I'm, I'm, I'm screwed up. They would have docked me money, okay? And if I had to do it, I had to do it. But, you know, I don't like to miss anything. I make a commitment. I want to be there, and I don't like any glitches in my travel or anything like that, nor do I want to put a comedy club in that situation. Um, it's just not what I do. You know, I'm a professional. I've been doing this for years, and, you know, I want to do the right thing by these people. So I go, get, get me a supervisor on the phone. This is fucking bullshit. Get me a supervisor on the phone. And no, this is not going to be unacceptable for the week because I've already talked about customer service being unacceptable for the week, but it's still unacceptable. Anyway, so I get on the phone with a supervisor and I'm like, look, I talked to two of your representatives. I talked to one a couple of days ago. I talked to two this morning. I need to get on a plane. I wanted to get there at 7 o'clock in the morning, get on the 10 o'clock flight. I know there's an 11:30 flight. I want to get on that. You're telling me I can't do it. Well, usually with Priceline, we can't do it. But I was like, I told your representative I used Priceline, and I was told for 50 extra dollars, as long as I contacted you people or went to the airport three hours beforehand, I could get on a flight if there was room. So we're going back and forth. They put me on hold. Finally, a supervisor calls and says, I'll do this one-time thing for you. There's one seat left. I swear to God, I'm not making this up. She goes, I'll do this one time for you. There's one seat left. It's an 11:30 flight from JFK, but you gotta fly to Minnesota. <laughs> so I'm like, holy shit! All right, whatever. If that's the only time I could do it, it had me getting in here around like, I guess like uh, it would have me landing in San Antonio around five, a little after five. So I get on this plane, and we're flying. I'm exhausted. I'm literally closing my eyes and just falling asleep on a plane, on and off. Not that comfortable. It was just not fun at all. We get to Minnesota only to find out that the aircraft we're supposed to board is not there yet. So not only am I sitting in this layover, but now we're delayed and the plane's not there. So I'm sitting in Minnesota. Great airport, by the way, in Minnesota. I Seriously, I had, I got, I had really, like, cool shit. Like I, was, like, I couldn't believe the restaurants and the shit. The Minnesota airport was nice. Um, if their plane showed up on time, it would be fucking one of the best airports I've been to. But I'm sitting there and I'm waiting. I'm like, all right, I'll still, we'll still get in. I'll still get in around 5.30. Then it gets delayed another 15 minutes. I'm like, 5.45. Then it gets delayed another 15 minutes. I'm like, holy shit, I'm landing at 6 o'clock. The show is at 8 o'clock and I have to go to the hotel. I have to get changed. I have to, you know, I'm selling my podcast t-shirt. So I got to get the t-shirts ready. I got to take them down there. I'm like, this is going to be nuts. On no sleep. Finally... The plane comes in and the pilot is rushing. I've never in my life, you know, I guess I don't know if it reflects on the pilot's, um, you know, I guess it, it reflects on the pilot's, 
you know, rating or whatever, but like he was like helping put shit in the overhead compartments. He was like rushing. He was looking around. Like he was getting shit to go. I saw him flicking switches in the cockpit. This dude wanted to get the fuck out of there fast, which I liked. But at the same time, I'm I'm all umpted because I'm afraid to fly. So I'm thinking, dude, I hope these guys aren't fucking forgetting the detail. Like I'm like, make sure that door is sealed, you know. Uh, and it was a smaller plane. We were flying uh, from uh, Minnesota to uh, <laughs> Minnesota to San Antonio. So, you know, I'm waiting in the thing. This dude takes off and, you know, a little shaky takeoff, but I'm, I'm all right. I'm just like, let me just get there. Exhausted, sleeping on and off in the plane. And then he says, folks, you know, uh, we're going to be coming into San Antonio. Um, if you look to the right, you can see a huge thunderstorm that we're just outside of. So we may get a little bit of it, a little drizzle, but nothing bad. But uh, I'll do everything I can to, you know, keep it as steady as possible. And I got a guy sitting next to me looking out the window. And I know that this fucking dude that's sitting next to me is scared. He's just like breathing heavy. He's shaking his head. Last thing I want to see because I don't fly well. You know, um, like I said, you'd never know it. But I don't fly. I don't like to fly. And this dude's freaking out. And the plane starts shaking a little bit. And I'm closing my eyes. And I hate landing because it seems like it takes forever when they start to descent. And, and you know, and then I also had that experience where the thing took off. So that took off up into the clouds when we were coming down. So I just want to fucking get here. So finally, you know, seven anxiety attacks later. Um... We land down and we touch down in San Antonio at two minutes to six. Okay, I get here. The shuttle's only like five minutes to the hotel. So I get to the hotel a little after six. I run upstairs. I get changed. I fold the t-shirts, do all that shit, run out to the club, not realizing that I still haven't really eaten since like the first flight. So it's hours, but I'm just like, I'm not even thinking about eating because I just need to get to the show. So I get to the show. And there's a light, kind of a light crowd, but it's a Wednesday. That's to be expected. Uh, I go on stage, have a great show. It was great. And the first thing I did when I grabbed the microphone was talk about my day. I talked about flying to Minnesota, how, you know, how I got to fly north to come south. I talked about everything that happened. Somehow I made it funny. I just needed to talk about it. And um, it worked out really great. I had a great show, um, you know, got rid of it, you know, uh, selling T-shirts here. So it, it's, it went great. And I was like, you know what, I'm glad I flew in for this. Then something crazy happened, man. Really, really scared me. I didn't stay after the show. You know, the comic's like, hey, you want to have some drinks? I'm really not trying to drink. I'm, I'm, I've been so busy and tired. You know, the night before with my son being up, and then the day before that, I had both of my kids. I was just absolutely fucking exhausted. Just to the point where it was so t- I was so tired that I, all I was thinking about all day was laying in this hotel. And, and now this is the same night that the ESPYs are on, and I submitted writings for the ESPYs, and I missed them. I saw like 70% of them. I didn't even see it. Um, I think he, he alluded to something that I wrote in, about the LA Kings at the beginning. It wasn't exactly what I wrote, but I didn't see. I saw the last five minutes of the monologue, and then I saw certain presenters. I didn't see them because I was so tired. But I had a scare. I get to the hotel at night, and I had food that I had brought with me. Like I, 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 when I got back to my hotel after the show, I went to the downstairs, uh, downstairs restaurant in my hotel, and I said, you know, I just ordered some food to bring back to my room. It's like 11 o'clock. I'm, I'm tired. So I just want to eat and go to bed. And when I get off the elevator to get to my room, I step off the elevator, and everything started spinning. Now, I wasn't on anything. I don't smoke weed. I wasn't drinking, and everything just started spinning, and it freaked me out, and 
I looked down the hallway and everything, it was almost like, you know when you go on anesthesia and everything starts to kind of shake? That's what was happening, man. And I'm like, this is not good, man. I'm about to go down right now. And then I'm like, shit, man, not here. Who the fuck is going to find me? I don't want to pass out on the fuck, you know, in a hotel here. So I just went to like a seat, like right off, they have a chairs right when you get outside of the, the, the elevator. And I just sat there for a second and I tried to like just, you know, relax myself and like get myself to at least get to my door, which is down the hallway, which I did. I got to my door. I kind of relaxed. I ate my food and I laid down and I passed out. And I was, and it was probably because, you know, I literally was exhausted I was on no sleep. I hadn't eaten probably in nine to ten hours. I was it was just just too much and everything just hit me. So luckily I didn't faint or go down or anything. Um, but I came to my room and I just took care of it. Uh, yesterday, great crowd, took care of things, rested, slept in, great show. Um, and and it was it was really good. So I'm having a really good time. I'm getting rest and this is a trip that I'm really enjoying because I'm I'm totally just in a mode where it's not it's it's all about stage and crowds and you know giving the fans what they want gaining fans gaining supporters and then resting because I got to go home to two little kids and uh, it's definitely hitting me so that was that was getting here um on top of everything else and like I said I missed I missed the SB awards but I gotta tell you I feel like a pussy in this hotel because um this hotel, there's 397 rooms in the hotel that I'm staying in, and 200 of them are military because I think a base got overfilled. So there's just army dudes and marines walking around in fatigues here, and it's also got like 80 rooms for Southwest and United Airlines pilots. So there's just pilots and military walking around here. I feel like such a pussy. You know, I'm like the joke teller, and I'm just, I feel like, you know, but it's really cool to know nobody's going to fuck with this hotel. Like, this is the one hotel where if, like, the whole city of San Antonio got shut down, I am cool, man. I got, I, there'd be snipers on the roof. There's, like, military all over here. This is, like, a, a military base. It's awesome. Uh, I'll just be rooting those dudes on from behind. Like, yeah, shoot him. You know, fucking, yeah, I'm going to go up to my room and watch HBO. You guys got this shit. <laughs> you guys got this shit. Um, so, uh, and speaking of... Speaking of uh, feeling like a pussy, I uh, ran it. I, t- I promised these dudes I was going to give them a shout out. They bought one of my t-shirts last night, but I got to give a shout out to the San Antonio Fire Department of Station 17 on the B shift. Yeah, I told you fuckers I was going to do it, right? Um, they got a t-shirt from me. Uh, they saw Bill Burr, who I opened for, a dear friend of mine. They saw him in Austin, and uh, they came out to support me. They got a t-shirt from my podcast. Hopefully they listen to this, and they continue to listen to listen to it. Um, but those guys were great. And, um, you know, I like to, when I meet people on the road, and I'm traveling, and I, I meet different people in the audience, and all walks of life, and all different jobs and businesses, and I ask them, like, what their job is like, so, you know, obviously a fireman, I know there's a lot of downtime, so I asked these dudes, I was like, what do you guys do, like, you guys just sit around and play cards and shit, and the guy goes, nah, we really, it's like Xbox, we're really big on Xbox, he's like, you know, sometimes it'll be slow for six months. <laughs> sometimes it'll be slow for six months so we fuck around with xbox and i was just joking with him like you guys ever like pull out of the truck go into a big fire 
And you're like, listen, we got the game on pause, but we're still finishing that game. I am beating your ass 17 to nothing in Madden right now. So apparently the firemen over at Station 17 are probably incredible at like every big popular Xbox game there is. So uh, if there's a fire here, you might want to call the A shift. <laughs> I'm fucking around. Those guys were uh, really cool, man. So thank you guys. Thanks for the support. And uh I'll tell you, I wish the firemen in every neighborhood were that cool. So thank you again, and um, hopefully you guys come out and check me out next time when I'm out here. But uh, those guys were awesome. So, um, And I'm going to have the t-shirts on sale available pretty soon on the website. Um, and it'll be cheaper when you see me in person. I think on the website they'll be like 15 bucks. I'm going to get new colors and a new batch of them. But they're, they're selling well and the podcast is doing well. But please, I keep asking you people, if you're a fan, the way that you get ratings on this damn show and the way it could get into like the top 100 podcasts is if you leave comments on iTunes. So please go to iTunes and leave comments. You know, if you like the show, fucking tell me you like the show. If you don't like the show, don't be a dick, but... Just say you like the show anyway. All right? Go to iTunes. And I'm going to, I don't know why my logo is down on iTunes because it's still available to download, but my logo for the Verzi Effect podcast is not on there. And I need to figure that out. So um, I'm going to do that. But you could still download it. This is 69. Episode 68 is already up on iTunes. So do that. And I really do appreciate everything. And I was just on uh, Joe Matarese's podcast, Fixing Joe, his episode 75. And that's getting some good hits. So check that out. We shoot the shit about um, a bunch of different things going on. So check that one out too. Obviously, you know the other podcasts that I love and listen to. My boy Bill Burr's Monday Morning Podcast is fucking epic. So there's there's some really good ones. I love Jim Florentine's. and So just, just um, but make sure you listen to the Verzi Effect on Fridays. And this is Friday the 13th, and I told you I'm going to be consistent with this shit. Okay, here we go. Enough about me feeling like a pussy around these military guys. Uh, Come out and see a show, damn it. Uh, I feel good, though, because not drinking... Let me tell you something. Drinking is overrated. Well, I guess if you're... Apparently, the people here told me that these military guys, once the weekend hits, it's going to be like a party. Like, these guys are going to lose their minds. And I get that. These guys are in the military. These guys see a lot of horrible shit. They have to go and they have to be away. So when they get together, they like to do that. I'm talking about for a comedian, we could drink every night. Being a comedian means you tell jokes, you do what you love, and then people want to buy you drinks. And you can basically drink and eat shit for really cheap or free. And it can affect you. A, you turn into a fat piece of shit. B, you're drinking, you're hungover, you get depressed, you sleep in, you feel like shit all the time. I'm not doing that this trip. And I got to tell you, it feels awesome. Sleeping 10, 11 hours a night in a big, comfortable bed, sober. Uh, went to the movies and going to, and I'm going to talk about that. I saw Savages, which was awesome. But I'm trying to not drink until my family vacation in August. I'm going on a family vacation with uh, everybody in, in August. And I'm going to save the drinks to that shit. I'm not doing this shit anymore. Cleaning myself up. Not that it was bad, but even two drinks a night or all that shit. I don't need it shit anymore. I'm done. Well, maybe not done, but you know what I mean. Fuck you. Okay. Uh, what else do we want to talk about? I got to get into sports, guys. There's a lot of things going on with sports. Um, got to talk about this, uh, this free report that came out about the Penn State investigation and um, holy shit is this damning to 
I mean, if you live in state, if you live at State College, Pennsylvania, and you heard that yesterday, and you were big in Penn State football, you have to be fucking devastated. It's got to be such a hard. You know, as I talked about on the podcast, I performed in State College two days after Joe Paterno's funeral when they all did those eulogies and everybody who knew him flew in town to talk about him. I was there, and that town was sad, and you can feel it. It was just really depressing. We were forbidden to talk about Sandusky on stage. We were forbidden to really talk about anything going on there. We were just there to give the people a laugh. They needed the laugh. They were It was packed out shows because, you know, they were hurting, and... You know, you hear what happened yesterday, and it's like, I mean, his family came out and said all they could say. Oh, you know, we understand people think he should have done more. Maybe, in our opinion, he should have done more. But, I mean, if you hear what they said, I mean, this is blatant fucking disregard, man. Like, these kids are these kids are ruined. These kids are ruined. These kids were fucked. There was a predator raping these boys, man. A predator, an evil fucking predator going out there and raping these kids and their emails from the fucking highest of the high saying let's just keep this between us man that's fucking bad i don't even know how else to say it i don't even know if i could make it funny like there's nothing that is so fucking bad you know and 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 they're like yeah well you know 60 years of a great career and one mistake it's like yeah what one mistake of concealing raping boys it's a pretty big fucking mistake, man. You know? A mistake to me is like, ah, yeah, you know, the fucking... There was a little bit of money. He could have done more with money. Instead, is you know, he took a more luxurious vacation when he could have made the locker room better. That's a little mistake, you know? That's like, oh, wow, you know, maybe the guy's a little selfish, but he's still a great coach. <laughs> you know, he wanted his family to have a better vacation instead of helping out the, the teams, you know. I mean, something like that. That's not even a good example. You get what I'm saying. I mean, these kids are getting fucking raped, dude. That's just horrible. And these pieces of shit. Because, and I don't understand, like, what are you saving? How much better does it look if you're just like, hey, you know what, man? We got to nip this in the bud. We are going to crucify this fucking dude right now. And everybody's going to know that you don't come to Penn State and you don't pull shit like that. But, I mean, from 98 till now, from 14 years of concealing shit, man, I'll tell you something right now. If I was if I was a parent of one of these kids or, or I was close and connected to one of these kids, man, I would fucking, I would, I would just constantly remind everybody what kind of pieces of shit those people were. That's fucking horrible, man. That's horrible. If they did a movie about this, do you know how bad... They would have to make the characters of the people who concealed it. Because there's no, oh, it was good. Think about that. This is how you know something is bad. Like, Hollywood would have to really lie to make any of those four guys, including Joe Paterno, look even somewhat good. And the whole idea of, well, he didn't do it. No, no, he didn't do it, but he knew a dude in his fucking camp was doing it. Oh my God, man, it's horrible. It's it's just one of the most brutal things you'll hear in sports. It's it's a horrible story. The fact that this man who was preached education and did all this shit for kids, the fact that he's going to go down and his legacy is going to be tarnished, and I have to be honest, if everything that I'm hearing is true, then rightfully so. I mean, I hate to say that, and I met some great people in State College, and if you're upset about me saying this, I'm, I'm just telling you what I'm going by. You know, unless there's things that I really don't know, but... When there's 
an FBI agent has emails of you saying shit like, we can't bring this up, it's bad publicity, let's keep it in-house, while kids are getting raped, man, fuck, that's wrong. And you have to look yourself in the mirror and say, it is wrong, it's wrong what happened here, let's move forward. But that's, that's crazy, man. Because I'll tell you something right now, man, if somebody happened to ever do that to one of my children, it's over. It's over because my career and my and my life probably would be over because I don't know if I'd be able to let that person let that person, you know, live or or let that person not be harassed and just tormented by me or whoever forever because there's no way you're doing that to my kids. Fuck that. I love my kids too much and what what can happen to a human being when that happens, you know, fortunately I don't know I don't know of it too close to my family, thank God, but that shit happens and you always hear of things like that. And the kids are screwed up, and sometimes the kids can do it. It ruins generations. It's it's an evil, disgusting, despicable thing, you know. And it's a lot of reason why I have an issue with the Catholic Church, and it's a lot of reason why I think that there is so many sexual predators out there because of shit like this. And um, it's horrible. Oh my God, man! Just I I can't even fucking imagine an adult saying, "Let's keep this. Come on, let's just keep this in house." This is going to be horrible for the school. It's going to look better for the school if you cut that cancer out as soon as you get it. Call a press conference and crucify the asshole instantly. First report. Yeah. Here's, like, and, and you know, shame on McQuarrie, too. This guy watching a kid get fucking ass raped in the shower by a grown, creepy-looking man hearing screams and moans and shit like that. And he goes, ah, man, I saw some crazy shit today. No. You say, what the fuck is going on? And you go to the cops right away. It's ridiculous. But they knew shit, and that's why he didn't. See, that's the problem. He knew. They knew from 98. Fuck him. Fuck him. I'm going to tell you something right now. Fuck state college uh, uh, higher-ups at that school. And and any and anybody at, at state college who doesn't like this and says, oh, that's wrong. Fuck you too, man. That's not wrong. This is despicable, man. This is fucking despicable. You got kids getting fucking raped and molested, taken out to games, have forced to do all kinds of sexual acts on this piece of shit who should be killed instantly. And you're going to sit there and try to make excuses for the top dog who could have nipped it and oh, I could have done more. Fuck you. That's not a good enough excuse. I could have done more. And I don't like to talk any, about anybody that's not here. I'm talking about all four of them. But shame on Joe Paterno too. You don't say I should have done more. Shit like that doesn't go away. Now listen, the only fucking the only thing that I could say is the old school, you know, man that he was, he's probably and, and who knows? And maybe I'm trying to give him a benefit even on this one too. Cuz I talked about it before and I tried to save this guy's face and after yesterday you can't. But, you know, maybe he's just so not he couldn't even fucking believe it. Maybe he just thought, "Oh, you know, it's it's one incident that that he heard about and he doesn't know if it's facts and he just wants to tell the other people and let them deal with it cuz he doesn't even want to be sickened by it." But that's not that's not the case. That's just not the case, man. So, uh, horrible day for the school of Penn State, for the paternal family, for, for, for you know, all of those. It's, got, it's horrible for all the victims to hear that shit. Could you imagine if you're a family member or you're the actual victim hearing this shit, that 14 years it's been, it's been covered up by this school? I'll tell you what, that football team next year is probably going to look like fucking peewee league. There's going to be fucking 18-year-old wimps. It's going to be like the nerds. <laughs> it's going to be the nerd squad playing there because that's going to be the only school that accepts them because nobody's going to want to play there. How, how could you want to knowing that the dean and all these people covered it up? And, 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 and it makes you think maybe it wasn't just those four people. If it was just those four people who were all higher-ups, how about all the fucking dozens of people that were under those four guys? 
Everybody fucking knew. I wouldn't go to that school. I wouldn't go to that school. I would not let my kid go to that school. I'm telling you right now, I would not let that. There is so disgusting, and and there's such a feeling of not trusting anybody in that school. I wouldn't let my kids go to that school because you. I don't know who to trust. And oh no, we move forward, clean slate. Yeah, clean slate after that 14 years of child molestation stuff. Yeah, clean slate. Sorry, everybody. We can't believe that happened either. It's a rough day for us. Fuck you. I hope they got guys like me on the offensive line playing for that school next year. Fuck them. I hope they go oh and whatever. You know something? The one thing about this life that I've learned, and I'm only 33 years old, but the one thing that I've learned and I've seen it by traveling and just everything that's gone on in my life, I truly believe that you get what's coming to you. Karma is a bitch. There is a balance in this life. Okay? There is. There's a balance in the life and what goes around comes around. And all these fucking people, you can only hide like the, you can only hide that stink of a dead body for so long. Eventually, it's gonna come out, and it may be skull and bones when it does. But that this is terrible, man. And and I was watching it, and it was literally one of the first. It was one of the first sports stories in my entire life, where I'm laying on my bed watching ESPN, and I'm shaking my head in awe, like I can't fucking believe. That this this happened. That this is even a possibility that this can happen. That these grown men with families, with wives, with children could know this was going on. And for the sake of reputation or for the sake of not damning anybody, letting it go is, is so unbelievably beyond. It just lets you know, man. You can't fucking trust anybody. You can't trust anybody. It's fucking despicable, man. And I, I better not, I can't hear again somebody tell me they got molested by a Catholic priest or anybody of the, uh, you know, who's supposed to be a man of the Lord doing that shit to kids and shit. It's, it's, it's so sickening, man. All right, let's get back to the funny stuff, huh? That was pleasant. No, I had to vent. I feel better about it, though, because it's, it's ridiculous. It's fucking ridiculous, man. And these people that are so animate and say, oh, how can you do this? How can you do this to this great man? Yeah, it is a great man. It's fucking heartbreaking to do. But this shit's unacceptable. I don't think an FBI agent would lie and see, you know, go in for all these days and do a, you know, millions and millions of emails that he went through, 250-page report, and do all kind of investigative work for months and months and months, and then all of a sudden make it up. I mean, you don't do that. If anything, you'd want to clear the guy who built the whole damn town's name. And the other people. Um, all right, we're going to continue with sports with another kind of uh, kind of fun thing for a sports fan to watch was the uh, debate on the 2012 Dream Team this year with you know Kobe and LeBron and and all these guys, uh, Carmelo Anthony, um, if they would beat the 1992 Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson Dream Team, and Kobe said, "Yeah, we'd beat them." And then he kind of backpedaled a little bit, and he said, well, I was just saying, I mean, if we played him in a seven-game series, I don't know if we'd win, but we could definitely beat him in a game. I think we'd get him. And that was a smart thing to say. Uh, but I think, you know, I liked what Michael Jordan said. You know, Michael Jordan was like, he's like, I had to laugh. He goes, that's ridiculous. He goes, we had 11 Hall of Famers. When they get 11 Hall of Fame, you know, he's like, we learned from, we learned from nobody. Like, they learned from us. We didn't learn from them. And I, somebody told me yesterday, they go, yeah, Michael Jordan was 29 years old during that uh, 1992 Dream Team. And when I heard that, I go, yeah, the 92 Dream Team would beat this one. 
because you put Jordan on Kobe and then Jordan's better. You put Magic Johnson and LeBron, and I think Magic is just a better passer and could probably facilitate a little better. Uh, Bird, uh, yeah, I just I think the 92 Dream Team would beat him, but it's a pretty interesting argument. Uh, Coach K, Mike Krzyzewski, said that this team is much younger and has better legs, so that could play a factor. So I'm not saying definitely, but I just think Jordan being where he was and those guys having the knowledge and being as good as they were, I think the 92 Dream Team would have it. Um, and I think, you know, when uh, Jordan started talking shit and then Magic started talking shit, I think Kobe and all them kind of backed off a little bit. Um, you know, but I, I, everybody tries to make today's whatever it is today better, but I just don't think I don't think that this team could would, would beat them. I think it would be pretty cool and interesting to watch. But Jordan was a killer, man. Michael Jordan, 29 years old, nobody wants a part of that. That's like, you know, that's like fighting Mike Tyson in 1988. Nobody wanted that. Nobody would, you know, nobody wanted to fight Mike Tyson in 1998. When he walked in the ring, it was over already. Same thing with Jordan. So, uh, interesting though. It's a fun talk. It's a fun conversational thing. But Jordan was just ruthless, man. Jordan just did. Jordan was a beast. Um. And uh, what else did we want to talk about? Oh yeah, all of you Twitter people out there, going to my Twitter. Hey Verzi, dude, I called it. Dude, this. And uh, they started something, uh, a little uh, little trend here, saying that I call the obvious because my good friend Bill Burr says I call the obvious. Oh, yeah, I called Cam Newton, and I already explained in last podcast what I did. All I said about Cam Newton was I don't think he's going to be the typical Heisman bust. And what happens? I get shit on for it, okay? But I will tell you something, all you people right now, all of you cunty fucking following bitches who don't know the real thing that happened, okay? I will never give you assholes the Robinson Cano argument. I called it, okay? Bill Burr is not a Yankee fan, okay? Every other Yankee fan I had said, dude, I can't believe you were right about that guy. I don't know about it, man. I don't know about it. Dude, you nailed it. He's the best Yankee on the field. He's one of the best second basemen I've ever seen. He's going to go to the Hall of Fame, and dude, I called it a month in. Okay. Now, if any of you can tell me, if any of you can email me or tell me, because I even Googled the shit, since all you guys wanted to talk shit, I even Googled the shit, and it said, no sign of Robinson Cano being a blue chip. He was on every trading offer the Yankees had for the first couple of years. None of you knew him. If any of you are Yankee fans or non-Yankee fans who knew him the first month he came up saying, oh, I know this guy's going to be great, contact me, because you're full of shit. Because I have friends who are into the Yankees and know every minor league player coming up, they tell me everything about minor league players, and nobody once was like, dude, this kid Robinson Cano is going to be the guy. No, it was that guy Navarro who was a catcher at the time. It was Phil Hughes who was a pitcher. Nobody said shit about Robinson Cano. Now, I'm not going to sit here and lie and say that I knew about Robinson Cano in the minors because I didn't. But when he first came up and I watched his at-bats, I go, this guy's going to be something special. And when he was two years in, I was like, this guy could be a Hall of Famer. Okay, And I know it's a bold statement, and I know how could anybody ever know that at two years. Not that I did know it, but I called it. So go fuck yourselves. You could say, oh, yeah, Verzi, the Beatles are going to be pretty good. I find it funny, and I'm having a good time with it, but I'll never give you cunts the Robinson Cano thing, ever. Okay? Dude, I called it. How do you like that? Oh, defiant. This is is an angry podcast today, the Verzi effect. But I'm having a good time here. We've got some time left. What else are we going to talk about? So that's sports. 
Okay? So the Robinson Cano thing, go fuck yourself. The Joe Paterno thing is horrible, and I think the 92 Dream Team would beat the 2012 Dream Team. So we got through sports, and uh, what else do we have to do? We uh, Oh, movies. I saw Savages. Uh, for you people that don't know, Savages uh, is a new Oliver Stone movie that was supposed to be really violent. They said it's, and it was. It was. It, it's not a movie for you if you don't like if you don't like blood, if you don't like torture, if you don't like just everything that drug cartels would do and how ugly and crazy it can get. Um, you know, torture and screaming and torture in front of family members and stuff like that. It has that. It has people getting shot through the head and you actually seeing brains flying everywhere. It has that. Um, fortunately, I love that shit. So for me, it was awesome. It had a good story. It had drugs. It had sex. It had violence. It had revenge. It had money. Uh, I'm in. Sign me up. I loved it. I thought it was a, a good story. I thought the acting was great in it. And I just, I, what can I say? I mean, there was some serious, seriously cool gun scenes and shootouts. And it was, it was awesome. So it was about uh, two guys and this girl. Three of them. And they're all in love. And they all have sex together. Like, or with each other, like, separately. When, and one is, like, the tough military guy, and the other is more like the hippie, kind of, like, uh, love, peace, and harmony guy. And the girl is just in love with both of them, and they make it work, and they sell marijuana, uh, but, like, on a high, high level. And it it just goes where where I wanted it to go, and it, it, it tells the whole story. It completes it. It's entertaining. Go see it. Versi Effect, two thumbs up. Get your popcorn and your Twizzlers. And, and I saw it in the Alamo Drafthouse Cinema, which means it's waitress service. So I'm sitting in this leather seat. The last time I was there, I saw True Grit there, which I didn't like, by the way. That did not get the Verzi thumbs up, True Grit. I know some people liked it. I already reviewed it. Go back in the earlier podcast, and you could hear me talk about True Grit. But uh, it's cool. You just write down. And there's a full menu. Like, I could have got wine. I could have got a salmon and a Pinot Grigio while I watched this movie. But I just got a small popcorn, Twizzlers, and a lemonade. But they got burgers. They got steaks. They got a, a whole wine list. They got a whole cocktail list, beers. It's a draft house. It's sick. So I did that, and I enjoyed it. And I could say now that I got Ted and Savages out of the way, I think I'm going to see Spider-Man either probably tomorrow or Sunday, and I'll be good, and I'll review Spider-Man for the next one. But go see Savages. Two thumbs up for sure. Um, now we'll get into unacceptable for the week. And unacceptable for this week is any airline who flies north to go south. <laughs> just, I just have to, I don't understand how they can't figure out a way to fix that. If you know that people are booking a flight in the south to go further south, or in the middle of the country to go further south, for them to hop on an airplane, there has to be another route. It's unacceptable to me. I don't understand how I flew north to go south. And if you're like, oh, well, that's the only flight. No, but that doesn't make sense because you know people are booking. People are booking in New York. To, let's say people are booking in New York to go to Florida. Okay, and you can't get direct to Florida. Let's just say, for fucking argument's sake here. They know that people in New York want to go there. How can they say you have to go to, yeah, you got to go to South Dakota. You got to go to North Dakota, and then you could come down here. Because it's the only flight. How about getting another flight? A, the planes won't be so packed. And I know they're like, oh, well, that, that, that's not, that's not uh, 
you know, that's not time efficient. That's not, you know, that's not going to save money. That's going to lose money. Well, you know what? The airlines, that's why they're all getting dissolved. That's why they're all buying each other because it's just too much of a headache. The planes are packed and you, there's not enough destinations. That's what I think. Maybe it's being selfish because of what I went through. But for me to fly to Minnesota to then go to Texas from New York is unacceptable. It makes no sense to me at all. You know what? how it feels to be sitting on an airplane going 500 miles an hour at 37,000 feet in the air when you don't like doing it in the first place in the wrong direction? Yeah, la-di-da, here I go, two hours north, up, oh, then I got to go south. Sucks. Unacceptable. And we already know that the customer service is unacceptable. But this is about airlines. Get your shit together, okay? And another part of this unacceptable for the week is, can can we get more direct flights to San Antonio, Texas than just Newark Airport? And it's like they don't fly here for some reason direct. They don't like to do it. I don't get it. Or, or you know, Delta. They do it a little bit. United from Newark and Delta from JFK. But the stars got to be aligned for you to get, get a, a decent time flight. I'm going to call Delta next time and go, yeah, I'm trying to get home. I just want to make sure that I don't have to go to a San Diego from Texas before I go to New York. Can you get? Can you guys arrange that for me? Unacceptable. Okay, I don't know why I'm so angry today, guys. I don't know why. I'm getting rest. I'm feeling better, and um, you know, I feel like I'm on my game, and I'm just not. I'm just not. Uh, I think that whole state college thing, and I think thinking of those kids and all that got me really kind of turning the direction of the podcast around a little bit. Because it's, it's just, I don't know. I don't know. The good news is my son is not sick anymore. He had a fever the night before, 104. We had to put him in the tub, and I freaked out. And then the next day he had it, and I had to fly away from him when he wasn't feeling well. But I found out it was a virus, and that's it, and he's doing good. So I'm really excited about that. That's my dude, man. I cannot wait to get home and play with my son. And, guys, I have some things in the works here that hopefully you guys are going to be hearing about really soon. Um, and not just a documentary movie, but there's some other things that are going on. Um, and because of your support and because of you watching my clips and listening to my podcast and coming out to see me perform live, because of you guys, um, I'm going to really, you know, hopefully hopefully be doing some things. And uh, I can't thank you guys enough for it. But leave the damn comments, you assholes. Just go to the iTunes and say, hey, I like the podcast. That's it. That's all you got to do. You know, Verzi's epic. His brilliant. All the nice shit, you could say. <laughs> I'm kidding, but you know what I mean. Say the shit. Leave the... And I shouldn't have called you an asshole and then expect you to do it, but you know what I mean. Fuck you. Go to the thing and just say, hey, I like the podcast. That's it. That's all I'm asking. I'll get the logo up. How about that? And I got an email from somebody saying that they've listened to every podcast and they even started quoting stuff or started talking about topics I had from earlier podcasts and they asked for a large t-shirt, and guess what? I am going to send that person a large t-shirt. I am sending t-shirts to people who listen to my podcast, and you don't have to pay, okay? I am paying to send you the damn t-shirt. So listen, you will get a t-shirt out of it. I will t- Whatever you want me to talk about, email me. I will talk about it, okay? I do this shit for you, well, and for me, because I don't go to a therapist. Fuck therapists. Guys are stealing money. But um, thank you for everything, and thank you for all that. And I hope that uh, you guys and the numbers with the show grow as I grow in my career. Now it is time for plugs, everybody. 
This has been episode 69. Got some new dates coming up. Uh, Next week, I will be... Well, this Monday, if you're in New York City this Monday, at the Vintage Lounge in Gotham Comedy Club, I will be headlining that show on Monday night. Monday night at uh, 8 o'clock, I believe. Uh, But you could check Gotham's uh, website. I'll be headlining that show Monday night in New York City. Then... Um, when is the 22nd? What day would the 22nd be? Let me see. The 22nd is a... Sorry, hold on. I should have had this shit ready. The 22nd of July is a Sunday night. Sunday night, the 22nd, I will be at uh, Stand Up New York on West 78th Street and Broadway. And then the following week, I will be paired up with my good buddy Joe Matarese from the Fixing Joe podcast. And um, my buddy, we will be in um, Indianapolis, Indiana. First time going to Indianapolis. I love sports, and guess what? The Pacers aren't in town because it's the off season. The Colts aren't playing because it's the off season, And there's no racing. There's no Formula One or whatever they have. I have nothing to do there, so we're probably just going to hang out and go to a bunch of movies. So I'll have a bunch more movies. But I will be there from July 26th, 27th, and 28th. I'm going to Indiana for the first time. I'm really looking forward to it. I will be, um, you know, like I said, with Joe, and we will always have a good time, you know, joking around, doing a bunch of new material, and it's, it's going to be awesome. So if you're in that area, please, it is my first time there. I'm hoping the crowds are great. I'm here, and it's a great club. I'm bringing the podcast T-shirts with me. And um, for all you people asking, when is your first album coming out? Yes, my first album is coming out, and I actually almost have the entire set ready. Um, now it's a matter of waiting because I'm going to tape my first hour um, at the new comedy club, The Stand, in New York City, and I'm just waiting for, um, you know, so I think sometime in the summer or early fall I will record it and then we will package it and it will be available. It is going to be called Let Me Tell You Something and um, that's going to be available soon. I'm excited about it. That's why I'm out here on the road working on a bunch of new stuff because when my first album comes out, I do not want it to be weak at all. I want to show you people what I've been working so hard at and um, make this thing, you know, be something special, something that most importantly uh, I'm proud of, uh, the product that I'm putting out there. So you could check out for, uh, let me tell you something, and in the meantime, keep supporting. Thank you guys so much. Check me out in New York City uh, next week, Monday and Sunday. And also, uh, if you are in the Indianapolis area, check me and Joe Matarese out. I also will be going to... Um, Jacksonville, Florida, and Cincinnati on some Bill Burr dates in September and October. You could check out paulverzi.com for that. Also, follow me on Twitter at paulverzi. That is V-I-R-Z-I. Please do that. Leave the comments on iTunes. Thank you so much. This has been episode uh, 69. I called the Robinson Cano thing. Go fuck yourselves if you don't think I did. I did. I'm never backing down from it. I know I'm right. If you don't think so, you're all wrong. And um, I love you.